What's up, Kingdom Builder? Welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Builders podcast. And today, if you're a Christian in MLM or you're a Christian just looking for another business or if you're just looking for another business, uh, this is an episode you're going to want to listen to and you're going to want to share immediately because we have the honor today to pick the mind of somebody that has produced so many results in people's lives and transformed many lives. But not only that, Kevin Mullins is the first guest to officially be a second appearance on this podcast after a ton of them. So, Kevin, welcome back to the podcast. How you doing, brother? Man, I feel more than blessed now, man. Appreciate the opportunity to be here with you. I appreciate all that you're doing and uh, just the commitment and dedication you have to being a voice, I think, of influence on the behalf of the kingdom and the marketplace. So it's an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And Kingdom Builder, if you have not listened to the first one or you did, you're going to want to go back in the podcast, re-listen to what Kevin talked about, because we want high level that time. We talked about kingdom and prosperity and all of that. Today, we're going to go more specific to one business in particular. And I'm really curious, Kevin, you've had a tremendous amount of success in MLM and coached many people around the world as well, too, but done it from a kingdom perspective. Principles work in any business. But there's something in particular about MLM itself. But for those of us that don't know your background in the MLM space, what was right. your journey like? How did you get into that? <laughs> How's that been so far? So everybody's got one, right? Um, yeah. You know, it's it, it it's crazy because, you know, first things first. I mean, I, I thought, you know, network marketing and direct sales were for people who couldn't get a job. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was a contractor by trade. My grandfather was... Uh, you know, World War II veteran and uh, apostolic preacher, but by trade, he was a plumber. Mm -hmm. And so my dad was a master plumber. And, you know, so by uh, default, you know, growing up in that house, I worked with my hands. And so by the time I was married, uh, although I didn't necessarily like it, I was skilled in the area of construction. So I became a plumber. So, mm -hmm. you know, for me, um, I wasn't necessarily ever pitched network marketing a lot mm -hmm. because I lived in such a small town. But you know, I can remember my mom, uh, you're gonna get a laugh out of this. I can remember my mom, she was a stay at home mom and, um, you know, grew up in one of those, uh, you know, households that, uh, you know, was restricted with cash flow. You know, my dad worked and we had one car kind of deal, lived, lived in a little trailer home, but I can remember my mom, you know, wanting some cash, I guess probably on the side or to shop with or something. And I remember her one time holding an Avon party. Oh, and uh, yeah, and I didn't know it was network marketing because I mean, there was some sort of lotion or skin so soft or something. I can't remember what it was, <laughs> you know, it kept the bugs off in the woods where we live. But all I can remember, and then my mom one time held like a Tupperware party, wow. you know, so I, I'm not 100 percent sure. I know she wasn't building a team, but that kind of was my first, wow. you know, experience with the idea that people could kind of like, you know, sell a product and maybe create some revenue. Um, but, you know, I think uh, probably anybody over 40 years old probably mm -hmm. remembers where they were maybe when they first really took a serious look at this industry. And for me, uh, James, it was in uh, 2008. You know, we were at the mm -hmm. height of construction in 2004, 5 and 6. Real estate was booming. Um, you know, uh, if you wasn't making money, you wasn't you wasn't waking up and doing anything. I mean, it was <laughs> like it was it was just it was easy if you were, yeah. you know, resilient and, and putting in the work. And so. You know, for a little bit there, I mean, we, we just were astounded about, you know, the amount of work and revenue we had. And all of a sudden, when, when the economy collapsed, 
mm. in 2008, which is a lot of similarities of the day. And so this story probably holds more weight today than it, mm. it even did, you know, a few years ago, especially if you're paying attention to what's going on in the world today. Mm. And so in 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, right, no amount of praying and fasting was going to make our phone ring. <laughs> uh, you know, the, 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 the bank world was, uh, you know, crazy and real estate and mortgage and finance. I mean, everything that I was skilled at was no longer paying the bills. Mm. And so like probably anybody in that space, you know, we were working harder than we ever worked, making less than we'd ever made. And I was confronted mm. with some financial obstacles. And so mm. I had a, I had a friend uh, that uh, wanted me to look at a business model and to be truthful with you. Um, I didn't respect his business pedigree. I probably was a little mm. bit arrogant in my approach because I'm just thinking to myself, you know, what in the world, you know, is this person going to teach me about business? You know, he just wants to show me a 20 minute video. I can remember it, man. Uh, late 2008, early 2009. He's like, I just got this video you got to watch. I'm like, man, <laughs> you know, I, don't, I ain't got time for this. I'm trying to run a real business. <laughs> and, um, but I, but I often, there's a great lesson to be learned there though, because, Many of the lives has been changed by me. You know, I've had teams in over 70 countries. I've built prominent teams in over 30 countries. And I've helped a lot of people make millions of dollars in this industry. And I always tell people that my story would have never been told had he had taken my first no. And what's crazy mm -hmm. is, I mean, he stalked me for three weeks. Wow. I mean, you know, he just would not give up, man. And so there's a lesson to be learned there. If you got somebody mm -hmm. you think, you know, really uh, – not only could perform, uh, you yeah. know, in this, in this type of industry, but could benefit. And so he just kept after me. And I remember watching the video and I still wasn't impressed. I wasn't for sure mm -hmm. if I wanted to do it, but I knew I needed to. And so that was my mm -hmm. introduction. We got in that company, I think a little bit out of desperation, um, you know, without talking numbers. I mean, by our yeah. second year, you know, we was doing seven figures wow. a year and changing a lot of lives and had an opportunity, I think, to have our eyes wide open on the true entrepreneurial journey that someone in network marketing can take without any employees, you know, without any real risk, uh, you know, without any overhead, uh, without any geographical restrictions and unlimited income potential, you know. And so when that light switch went off for me, that this was a business that really, uh, in my opinion, embodied many of the kingdom principles that I grew up in ministry already teaching, I'd never really found a business model where I could apply those. And so fast forward wow. to today, man, we just had an opportunity to travel the world, you know, impact lives, uh, both financially and spiritually. Mm. And so I'm just thankful for this industry. I, you know, I, I don't know that I'll maybe always go as hard as I have, you know, the yeah. past 15, 16 years, but I think I'll always be a part of this industry because mm. I think it gives everybody from any walk of life an equal playing field to go out there and create financial independence and freedom for their families. So beautifully said. It's incredible. And especially now, I'm curious, now it's another recession kind of maybe depends how you define it, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering, like, are things different now? Now we're in a digital age. Um, has network marketing changed? Is the opportunity better, worse? The same? Like, what are your opinions on that now, today? Right. I tell you what, I don't think you have to have prophetic insight to look around the world today and see some glaring issues. Uh, one, I've, I'm blown away by the addiction to a poverty mindset that I see mm. in the world today. Um, it's, mm. it's, it's, it's already a devastating component to have in one's life. But it's more rampant today, I think, than I've ever experienced. And then the amount of laziness, God, mm -hmm. our mercy. 
You know, I've always said that laziness is demonic. I've never found a place in the Bible where God ever partnered with someone that was lazy. Everybody that he ever called was always busy doing something. And so I think there is a lot of similarities. Um, you know, as, if you're looking at the, the economic component, you know, and you touched on the digital component, and, and I think that really just accelerates the process. You know, back in the day, uh, you know, you had to be in living rooms. You had to, you know, mm-hmm. rent a hotel room. You had to chase people down. I mean, um, and although I, uh, it, this is not necessarily our discussion, I'm still a fan of that stuff. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm more old school in my approach. I mm-hmm. believe there's great value when someone can feel your uh, energy. I think the bridge of trust is much quicker when you drive to someone's home, right, for two or three of their friends. But yet at the end of the day, uh, you know, I think, you know, one of the superpowers of any entrepreneur, right, is the ability to adapt, right? You can have IQ, um, uh, but beyond that, you need EQ, right? You need emotional quotient. In other words, you need to be able to handle the ups and downs of life. How do you handle the hardships and crisis and the moments that you're facing but maybe even more superior than those two is aq right and that's the Mm. adaptability quotient i think Mm. that is probably the unfair advantage for people today that have the courage to take those risks get outside of their comfort zone and decide to embrace much of the stuff that scares them to death Mm. um you know those uh those are called early arrivers right and so network marketing is not new but i do think that a lot of the things that was required, even some skills that was required, right? You had to have massive confidence back in the day. You had to be willing to get in front of a room to really mobilize people. There was a lot of things that I'm not for sure is necessary today because of technology, whether we're talking chat GPT and the entire, you know, AI world that is, yeah. is accelerating our learning capacity, whether we're talking live feeds like this one, you know, virtual meetings, VR, I mean, you know, I both know that's going to be the next big wave of both business, network marketing, sales, coaching. I mean, everything at some point is going to be in that immersive reality place. And so I think the beautiful thing about today, right, is that someone can legitimately, uh, you know, save dollars, stay within the comfort of their home and probably still build, uh, you know, a six figure business, possibly a seven figure business if they really are diligent in recruiting, attracting and helping, uh, you know, leaders reach their full potential and acquire the skill sets necessary to get this thing to the next level. But I can tell you, in my heart of hearts, I believe that we're at a pivotal moment where there's going to definitely be a wealth transfer. And I'm not Mm. just talking about wealth transfer where money's fallen in the hands of righteous people. Mm. You know, I think a lot of people quote that scripture, Mm. James, and they fail to recognize God's not going to place wealth in the hands of people that can't manage it, right? Can't Mm. steward it, can't grow it, can't multiply it. And so there's a certain set of skills that, that we have to have in order to be qualified to even attract that type of revenue. And I, I really believe that this is one of the most pivotal moments where kingdom entrepreneurs can, if they're in the right place at the right time, and I believe the network marketing space is one of those times, not only because of its past performance and, you know, creating more millionaires, uh, you know, than any other industry combined, um, but I think that if you look at it for what it is, right, to me, network marketing is capitalism at a grassroots level. Mm. Um, it, it just allows, you know, regular people from ordinary backgrounds to start a business with, you know, free oftentimes, but next to no capital, get free training, um, you know, have the potential to uh, use, you know, leverage in the marketplace, grow a team. And as they acquire the right skills, the right mindset, 
you can go out there and create a massive residual income, some portfolio income to really go out there and radically alter and shift how you live and more importantly, advance the kingdom. And so I hope that everybody will realize that now is high time. I mean, if there's mm -hmm. ever been a time, this is a time to open your eyes, look through the problems that we're facing through the lens of faith, right? Through the lens mm -hmm. of heaven and recognize that we have an opportunity to really go out there and be problem solvers. And we both know, James, that problem solvers are the wealthiest people in the world. Amen to that. Kingdom Builder, if you have not had the confidence in MLM, you're going to want to replay that entire portion over and over and over and over again until you can just recite exactly how Kevin feels as well, too. Because if you want to stand on the marketplace, you have to be confident. You have to know your philosophy strong and Kevin, that was so well said. You Thank touched you. upon kingdom principles. You right. touched upon positioning yourself for the wealth transfer. What are some of these kingdom principles that the Christian needs to understand if they want to do have dominion in MLM now? Right. Well, I mean, you know, just take, you know, that really the title of what you're doing, right? Kingdom businesses and yeah. pretty much the title of everything that you do. And I think a lot of people get confused, right? Because there's a massive difference between the kingdom and religion, mm. you know, re religion, uh, you know, it, it just has people just sitting here on earth waiting on the Lord to come back. Right. I mean, religion's mm. kind of like uh, you, you, looking at salvation as a one way bus ticket to heaven, right? We're just here to bide our time until the Lord comes Religion also convinces you that the only way to really, uh, you know, uh, participate in the commonwealth of the kingdom is in the sweet by and by. <laughs> like you got to get to heaven to even enjoy the luxuries of God. But the kingdom of God is a culture, right? The kingdom of God is the very first thing that God ever established with Adam and Eve. And after that was lost right there in the garden, the entire principle and probably the mandate of man, right, has been here on earth to extend the culture of the kingdom in the earthly realm. And the way we do that, right, is through positions of dominion, power, and influence. We do that through um, taking back many of the cultural mountains that churches uh, neglected long ago. And, and obviously, one of those ways is, is understanding finance and business and mm -hmm. the arena and voice that it gives you uh, to really go out there and talk about the things that matter most. So when you look at the kingdom, right, it's 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 a set of rules. It's um, and I don't mean rules to be scared, right? Like you can't have any fun. I mean, it's a set of principles, decrees and laws. Um, if you really look at it, it's a government, mm. right? Because the entire Bible, right, is just a book about a king, the kingdom and his family. That really is what the Bible is really all about. Amen. And so when you understand there's a king, there's a kingdom and then there's his family, then when you start looking at the ministry of Jesus, his very first message was on the kingdom. His last message was on the kingdom. Every parable was about the kingdom. And so the kingdom was about people on earth establishing the real, the culture of heaven in the earthly realm, right? That entire prayer that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm. Th that's more of a prophecy. It's definitely a mandate, right? But, but it's, it's, it's also a prayer, but it really is a mandate. It means that the entire will of God, right? Is how do I get my people to express Right. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do I get people to express my will in the earth? The rim? And that's where he needs the agency of man. That's where we become the mouthpiece of God. And so, you know, to me, when you start talking about principles, right, the principles of stewardship, the principles of sowing and reaping, the principles of uh, trust, uh, when you start looking throughout the entire word of God and that this is another conversation for another time, because mm. it's really my favorite subject mm. um, as it relates to principles. But but the problem is, is that m most Christians I meet, right, they're 
praying for kingdom blessings, but they're violating kingdom principles. And the reason I say that is because everything in the kingdom of God hinges on an obeyed instruction, right? I don't care if we're talking about Joshua 1 and 8, if we're talking about all the promises in Deuteronomy 28, doesn't really matter to me if you're talking about tithing, if you're talking, whatever it is, if it's it's an instruction, right? Uh, Meditate on my word day and night, right? All of these things, then you shall have good success and prosperity, Deuteronomy 28, right? Always the top dog, never the bottom dog. You know, uh, first, not last. The blessings of God chasing you down. I mean, we can go on and on and on, right? And every one of those principles, there's a tangible evidence or reward that's attached to all of those. And it's, by the way, James, it's never poverty. Mm. Not one time in God's word was an obeyed instruction. The reward, right? The tangible evidence of an obeyed instruction is never lack. It's never scarcity. It's never poverty. In every scenario, it's abundance. It's extravagance. It's lavishness. It Mm. definitely is prosperity. So as you go through them and look, there's a key phrase that's utilized in all of those. And one of those phrases is the word if, right? Mm. I'm going to give you prosperity, good success. You're going to be first, not last. And then here's, 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 here's the junction. If, if. Right. If you obey all of my decrees, if you obey my commands, if you meditate on my word day and night, if you keep my laws in your heart and the same principles rings true for finance. And and that is the Mm -hmm. area I think that network marketing really shines. It's like the brightest is because you get an opportunity to get people to really probably rethink their uh, relationship with money. And so from a kingdom perspective, right, even think about this, even the Bible says that in order to have the true riches of God, right? That's in the book of Luke. He says, in order for you to have the true riches, the scripture actually says, if I cannot trust you with worldly money, how then can I trust you with the true riches of heaven? And so when you understand Mm. that concept, you go, man, okay, I want the true riches of God. Well, how do I get them? Well, there's the principle, right? If, if I can trust you with worldly money, right? Dollar bills, mammon, right? If I can trust you with the worldly stuff, then you qualify to actually experience what, what God calls true riches, And so we also have a pattern laid out through the Bible that I think also falls in line with network marketing. Why, in my opinion, it's one of the most Mm. kingdom oriented businesses that's out there because, um, and I'll, let me give you the example and we can move on in first Corinthians 10, 24, the apostle Paul gives us a kingdom instruction on how to create wealth. And, uh, and here's what he says. He says, uh, let no man seek his own, but let every man seek another's wealth. Mm. <laughs> now, I'm going to say that again, because I'll be honest with you, the first time I ever read that, um, I struggled with that scripture. And the reason mm. I struggled with it is because it, it almost sounds opposite of God. Like I was reading, I was reading it through a carnal understanding. Right? It almost mm. sounds like being envious or jealous of your neighbor's mm-hmm. riches, right? It says, let no man seek his own, but let every man seek another's wealth. Hmm. Right? So maybe I'll fast forward it to a network marketing legends terminology so that the, the, the people that are not maybe skilled in the word of God will understand this better. Zig Ziglar said a little bit like this, help others get what they want hmm. and you'll get what you want. So here's what the apostle Paul was saying. Let no man seek his own wealth. Right. In other words, don't be so consumed in the pursuit of what you want for you that you lose out on the character, the integrity, the skills, or even the reason why that you need it, need the things that you're dreaming about or desire in life. He says, so let no man seek their own wealth. Let every man seek another's wealth. 
Now, where can you do that in the marketplace, James? In my opinion, mm-hmm. network marketing is one of a handful of arenas where the entire business model was structured upon the concept that if I help someone else reach a rank, right? If I help someone else mm-hmm. get a comma in their paycheck, if I help someone else, uh, you know, earn a perk, right? A trip or some mm-hmm. sort of perk that network marketing companies have. In other words, if I become completely consumed with finding out what your dreams are, right? Maybe your dream is to pay mm-hmm. off your debt, send your kids to college debt free. Maybe it's to retire your mom and dad early, right? Whatever those things are. And then if I get completely consumed and helping you build a business model that is large enough to meet your financial needs in network marketing, the byproduct of your success means that I get to succeed. You know, when I was Mm. in construction, you couldn't do this, James. I mean, as the owner of a company, it's not like you could wish your employees, or maybe you could wish, it's not like your employees can make more money than you. And mm. because, right, the, the dollar only splits so many ways and you, you've got bills to pay and overhead and all of the expenses that go with business. And even if you're in the traditional workforce, it's unlikely, right, that your boss is coming down going, you know, you're doing really good, James. I'd love to see you pass me up and take my job. Yeah. Right? No, yeah. man, because I, I, I want this income. Right. But imagine yeah. here we are in the world of network marketing. And in that world, there's some kingdom concepts that really display the value of servant leadership because it really says mm-hmm. it, re- it really probably amplifies that, that if you help millions, you make millions, right? That if you want to mm-hmm. extend your hand across, you know, uh, you know, whatever the divides of life are, whether we're talking race, gender, inequality, mm-hmm. you know, whatever those things are, this allows you to reach across those divides and pull somebody up to where you are. And the rewards are so profound and extravagant that your entire mm. life now becomes completely motivated by how many people can I help reach their dreams, reach their destiny, become financially free, really put them in the driver's seat of life and, and change the trajectory of their family. Yes. And if I can go out and help the masses do that, then indirectly my entire life is upgraded. Whew. Amen to that, brother. Kingdom Builder, is that your philosophy? Is that how you view things? And have you made these connections? I love what you said, Kevin, about right now in MLM, there's a great wealth transfer. In the world, there's a great wealth transfer because when challenges come, there are wealth transfers. There's also this, this provides, I made a post on this the other day, so it's great that we're on the same page, that for the kingdom, we have that opportunity to claim that wealth transfer right. as well too. And specifically in the MLM space, and I'm curious what you think about this thought. I've been meditating on this a lot because there's such a huge opportunity now for us to be able to take Dominion, but it's in network marketing. It's kind of been like low key kind of talk about the kingdom principles. (laughs) Everything comes from it, just like what you said, but it's almost been manipulated in many ways. There's things like the new age thought. There's things like self-help, which are great. And most of them are rooted in scripture somehow. Yeah. But they can also be perverted as well, too. But principles work. So whether someone's of faith or not, they're working them and it's getting wealth into different hands of influence. I think there's a huge opportunity now for anybody that cares about the kingdom to really have the influence come back to us. But I'm wondering, you talk about violations of principles. Mm-hmm. What are some of the biggest tripwires that we need to be aware of so that we can step fully into the promises of God? I really think that um, it, it, it's the opposite of what 
activates the promise of God, right? In other words, if obedience mm. activates the promises of God, then disobedience mm. is what will disconnect you from destiny. Disobedience mm. is what cancels the harvest, right? So mm. once again, the principle works with whoever works them. Obviously, yeah. when you find a spirit-filled believer applying the principles, their motive is going to be different. But the mm. principle is sovereign, right? The principle is sovereign, mm. which is why... I've, so many, you know, billionaires in the world love the Matthew uh, effect, right? The Matthew principle, because mm. they realize, man, there's some laws there in place that are irrefutable. I think the mm. difference is the motive behind the reason, right? And so a lot of, mm. lot of, lot of believers I meet, and I, I, I say this many times, but, you know, I meet a lot of believers, Christians, right, that are praying for a promotion they're not qualified for. And mm. the reason I say that is because, in other words, they want more money, they want more access, they mm. want more open doors, more opportunities, but they're unwilling to go back and do their due diligence on what it means to be obedient to, once again, a heavenly instruction, right? A kingdom command or a decree or a wisdom key, whatever things you may call. And the Bible is full. I'm talking from Genesis to Revelation. Every mm. single book is full, filled up with these, what we call kingdom principles. And their principles about life, their principles about finance, their principles that ultimately are about the discovery of your full potential, and they're about accessing um, the abundance of heaven, right? Because mm. you you can be you you can have access to an open heaven, but if if you're not obedient to the instructions that open up those portals of prosperity, then you'll only simply be living on the outside much like the prodigal son's brother, right? Remember the story when the prodigal son came home, his dad did what the true heavenly father would do. He reestablished his position in the household immediately, right? He didn't, mm. he didn't hold it against him. He was like, go get the fatted calf, you know, go get the robe, get the ring. In other words, here's a son that has come back. Now let's lift him back up to a position of authority and power because he's back, he's back in, you know, in the house, he's back in the family. Here's what's crazy. The entire time he was gone spending his money, you know, living a life of sin, his brother was in the house and he got all angry about this. And he actually comes mm. to his dad, right? And he's like, his, his dad's like, what is wrong with you? And he's like, you, you never killed the fatty cat for me. He's like, I ain't even got a skinny goat. <laughs> in other words, like mm. you ain't did nothing for me. And the dad is, is, uh, is, you know, disturbed by this because he recognizes at this time that his son has his name. His son has the identity of royalty, but he doesn't know mm -hmm. that he is. Mm -hmm. And he says, son, you have been with me in this house all this time. In other words, what's mine is yours, right? Mm -hmm. That's where being a co-heir with God comes in. That's where being a joint heir comes in. So here's the problem, James, you can be, you can be born again. You can profess Christ and never mm -hmm. experience the commonwealth of the kingdom never experienced the luxuries of heaven because mm. you're following God through almost a religious mindset up to the point of salvation. Yes. But what you fail to recognize is that beyond salvation, which is, which, which is the kingdom, right? Mm. The kingdom is a set of principles. It's a set of decrees. And these principles are structured like a government, which is God saying, I oversee the kingdom of God. I'll grant you access to everything that is mine. What's mine is yours. But once again, if you mm. obey my commands, if you are <laughs> obedient, and think about this, you know, think about the, uh, in, in the Bible, the, the, uh, the gentleman that had leprosy, right? Naaman. Mm. I mean, he has leprosy, 
He goes to the prophet of God. He's like, what do I got to do? He's like, go down and bathe in the river Jordan seven times. Mm. Simple enough. But what if he had only bathed five times? All right. Right. All right. So same thing, right? God comes down and says, Joshua, man, I'm going to destroy the walls of Jericho. It's not an impenetrable city. You guys are going to have victory mm. today. But six times I want you to walk around this city for six days and not make a sound. I mean, man, that doesn't make any mm. sense to nobody. Why? Nope. Like, Lord, you're supernatural. Just crush it. Like, let us get going, you know? And then he's like, on the seventh day, go six times. And on the seventh time, blow trumpets and let out a noise. It seems like an awful lot of stuff to have to do. Except yeah. when you understand the mind of God, you understand that there are some guidelines in which God ushers in prosperity to the saints. And one of those, of course, is, is obedience. And so it's not about just understanding the principle, even something as simple as salvation. I'm talking simple. Even as something as simple as salvation, James, he says, this is what Jesus says, I'll draw mm. nigh to you, watch the word, if, mm. if you draw nigh to me. Mm. Right? It's an instruction that must be followed. And so when we start talking about some of the areas that people lack in, especially as far as believers, I look at this and I see a great wealth transfer too, because I see obviously the landscape of traditional businesses being changed. Obviously, the next two or three years um, outside of a miracle, right? Whether we're talking banks continuing to collapse, whether we're talking mortgage, whether we're talking about the eradicacy of economies across the world, we're also talking about war. I mean, you don't have to be a prophet to look around the world today and mm -hmm. see that there is a heightened awareness of, um, of, of, of war, right? Not just in, mm -hmm. in areas that we know about, right? But things that are potentially on the uprise. So it would be easy to lose. It would be easy to lose faith, right? It would be easy to just get called up in everything and say, "I'll just save my few dollars." You know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, and I, you know, we'll just we'll just do nothing and go to church and come home and you know eat ramen noodles. And yet, and yet, if we look throughout the Bible, we find that it was in those types of moments where Isaac created his wealth, right? In a down mm -hmm. moment, when you look to the ministry of Joseph, which, in my opinion, is the perfect ambassador for the kingdom entrepreneur because he was not only prophetic mm -hmm. by nature, but he also was an entrepreneur, right? He could walk in the prophetic and have dreams. He understood the signs of the season, but he also knew how to negotiate. He also knew how to conduct business. Mm -hmm. He also had political strategies. You know, so the anointing of Joseph, I believe, is what's upon us today so that we don't just have prophetic insight that on where we are in society today, but then we can have strategies on how to go forth and implement a global movement, right? I, li I like the way, you know, Sam Adams says, it does not take a majority to prevail, but a, but rather an irate, tireless minority keen on mm. setting the brush fires of freedom in people's minds. And so mm. it's not even about having the biggest team. Gideon didn't need the biggest team. God dwindled his down from 32,000 to 300 and still got the victory. Right? We don't need yes. the biggest team, but what we do need is a group of quality leaders that are fearless in their pursuit of, once again, not being bashful or ashamed about their relationship with their Savior, but also acknowledging that they have an anointing of Joseph in their life or Daniel mm -hmm. in their life so that they're called outside of the four walls of the church. And especially mm -hmm. in network marketing, you're in a different living room every night. Let me tell you a story and we'll get to the next question. I remember a time yeah. I was in Abuja, Nigeria, and... Mm. I was presenting the business to um, a, a very large group of unbelievers, um, different religious sects and all kinds of stuff. They were not there to hear me preach. Although if you hear me teach on finance or even network marketing, it's impossible for me not to teach kingdom principles because these are the things yeah. 
that's generated my success, my team's success. I don't try yep. to be preachy. I'm always respectful of anybody's beliefs. So I want to make sure that I have wisdom on how to navigate the conversation, but I'm also not going to back down from the opportunity to tell people where I got these, you know, kingdom keys to success. And so there was Amen. about 4,000 people um, at an open sort of arena, like amphitheater almost opportunity. I was brought in to teach money mindset. And then they was giving me the opportunity to talk about my network marketing opportunity for the next like 40, 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. Well, James, we never even made it uh, to the end of uh, what well, we made it through the network marketing presentation, but we never even made it yeah. to the pitch, right. To become a part of my journey, spearhead the movement yeah. in Africa, right. We never even made it that far. The minute that I closed the combination of mindset and even the opportunity, the anointing of God was moving so strong over 1,500 people got up and came and gave their heart to the Lord. Not in a Come church. On. There was no altar. There was no nothing, man. We were just simply at a professional business environment. But when, but when you, when you allow your words to partner with the kingdom of God in any environment, mm. you usher in the presence of God. That's when you give God permission to invade mm. your circumstances and to change the atmosphere. Um, just recently, I was in Amsterdam um, doing a private retreat for a, a group of like uh, 19 to probably 26, 27 year old um, network marketing entrepreneurs that are highly. These, I mean, these people are crushing the game and mm. they're, they're kids. I mean, to me, they are right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I go there, there's about 60 of them. I go there to teach and this, these are pretty exhausting teachings. You know, they go all day long because of the lack of time. On mm. our second day there, brother, we had seven come up and say, Kevin, we're not even for sure what all this means. We're, wow. we're, but, but we want to be baptized. Can you do it? I mean, I had to, <laughs> so the next day, dude, I had to hunt down a lake. I mean, me and the local leader there, I mean, we went down and baptized them in a muddy lake in the south of Amsterdam, right? And so, yeah, I want to teach people how to be prosperous. I want to teach them how to be successful because that is also part of your kingdom identity to understand that mm. to understand that life more abundantly is not a spiritual only thing. But at the same yeah. time, I think that when we're trusted by God to influence the people that we are surrounding ourselves with, God will then give us an opportunity to do the thing that matters most, right? And that's to deliver a message to touch the hearts of people and create that conversion that ultimately allows them to see life through a new lens. Oh my gosh. Kingdom builder. I hope that just inspired you who here would want that opportunity to have people come up to you and say, baptize me right now. But just like what Kevin, you've been talking about this entire time. It's an, if, if we mm -hmm. obey what we've already been taught, if we obey what it is, that's truth. In itself and um there's such a key here of discernment which is it's almost like because we've been given revelation and maybe false teachings or misunderstandings or misinterpretations you talked about poverty mindset versus kingdom mindset and all these things because we've been given opportunities i think it's even more of a responsibility for us to really seek out this wisdom and really understand what the kingdom is all about because the kingdom when you co-partner with god Shouldn't we be the most influential and the most powerful, right? And the most wise. And we can stand up just like what Peter did after the day of Pentecost came. And words of genius come out because not wow. his words. It's God's words through us, just like what you were talking about, Kevin. So we're talking about kingdom power in MLM. And I'm curious, do you think that's like the advantage? 
these can, there's principles right of wealth and generosity and stewardship mm -hmm. and all that but for the believer that co-partners with god would you agree with the statement that we have even more of a greater x factor to actually influencing the world and having dominion in mlm say that question maybe a different way yeah because we're in the kingdom because we have the holy spirit in us like there's the principles of you help other people get what they want you can get everything sure. you want uh, there's there's principles of of generosity for example but then for the person that's already in the kingdom mm -hmm. co-partnering with those principles and having god with us right. and in us do you think that even can help us with acceleration in our businesses mm -hmm. in our success as well yeah i mean that's what favor is right i mean god's not mm -hmm. going to favor a person uh substantially right that cannot be trusted to manage where they are in life i can tell you that uh the times in life where my finances fall apart or the times in life relationships fall apart right is a time in my life where i disqualified myself for the favor of god although i'm connected to god my level of disobedience and not necessarily by just saying lord i don't want you in my life right but the level mm. of my own behavior and the patterns of my life is suggesting to the Heavenly Father, right, that there's some areas in my life where I am I am out of alignment with with the with, with some of the regulations you've set in place in order for mm. me to be truly blessed and empowered. So I do believe first, I believe that the anointing of the Holy Ghost is our unfair advantage. I believe that when you have God mm. on your side, you're partnered with God, right? When you involve him in your plans, involve him in your vision, involve him in your team, however that may be. I think you're immediately putting the super on your natural, right? I mean, you you mm. are you you're inviting God right into the midst of whatever you do, saying, "Lord, I'm going to do all I can do, but in the areas I'm ineffective, in the areas that I lack, I know that you can supernaturally accelerate and bridge the areas where I'm lacking in." And so, when you look through the Word, you see that on display constantly, right? I mean, you, you talk about David. David wasn't the biggest. I mean. Uh, you know, I, I mean, it's crazy to me that when the prophet of God come down to anoint a new king to be king, I mean, David's mm -hmm. own daddy didn't even invite him to the party. Yeah. I mean, you talk about rough. I mean, you, everybody today seems to be dealing with some level of anxiety, you know, some some level of identity crisis or are easily mm -hmm. offended. David's mm -hmm. own papa. <laughs> <laughs> was like, hey, I, I got all my boys here. The prophet of God, right, who was not easily misled. He's like, you sure this is all of them? He's like, all right, you know, I got one more down there on the backside of the desert tending to some sheep. Mm. Right? But David mm. had that missing link, man. He was a man after God's own heart because he fully trusted God, right? He was willing to say, I, I slayed a lion, right, by, by, by the mm. power of God, right? A bear by the power of God. And so even when you look to the life of David, David was overlooked, man. David didn't seem to have favor with anyone, but you don't need to have favor with people when you have favor with God, because favor can do more in a day than you could do in 10 lifetimes. Mm. Right. So in one day's time, David steps up and takes an opportunity that would have seemed crazy from a distance, but he recognized because God had delivered a bear had delivered a line. It wasn't just that he trusted God, but it's important that you understand this, but God could also trust David. In other words, a lot of people look the part, man. Maybe they have the suit on. Maybe they've got a degree. Maybe they've even technically read the Bible and can regurgitate scripture. But the power mm. is not in your memory. The power is in the physical manifestation of the word becoming a living, breathing thing within your life so that mm. you understand. I don't just know the word. I know the author of the word. 
Mm. So David had a relationship with God that was so intimate that God could look and say, with no social media and with no audience, I could trust David to lead a network marketing team on the backside of the desert when he wasn't being um, recognized by the company. His own dad, which was his upline, wouldn't even put him on stage. Didn't even didn't even suggest him to be a presidential ambassador or a crown ambassador or whatever. Like he was like, ah, you know, he's a bad recruiter, man. He didn't even invite him to the leadership party. <laughs> you know, but the but the boss, right? I mean, because that's yeah. in, a, in a way, right? I mean, we're really just answering to the manufacturer, right? We're really just a product of God. And so the manufacturer, right, the boss. The CEO is like, oh, you know, I've been watching this guy, David, man. He's been doing the deal with no audience in private. He's got character when no one's looking. Here's someone I can trust to do something that's so mighty indeed. I mm. know that I can trust him to kill the giant, but I know that beyond the giant, I can trust him to run a country. And so this is where we fail so many times as, 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 as network marketers, right? Is we want the title, we want the rank, we want the prosperity, but it starts with, first of all, falling in line with obeying just a few simple principles, right? The Bible says, if you give, he'll give back to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. I always tell people if I'm teaching finance, that even if you don't even have two or three or four streams of revenue, if all you do is have one stream of revenue and you're at least a tither and a giver, the Bible said, if you just give, that creates a second stream of income because his economy is so superior to ours. He said, if you mm. give to my kingdom, I'll give it back to you, pressed down, shaking together and running over. You talk about a return on your investment, right? There's where the saying comes in. You can't out give God. So I want, I want us all mm -hmm. to come back full circle and realize that once again, right in network marketing, it is easy to be powerful when you've, when you've, when, when you've got a group big enough to be on stage, right? It's easy to be the person mm. that seems to have your act together when you're finally double diamond, black diamond, super galactic, astronaut diamond, whatever it is, right? But, 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 but when 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 God can give you sustainable favor, is the is the person that was just as dedicated to their team and the mission as when they were like, you know, chairman five hundred or bronze or whatever the low ranks of any company are, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever that is in your company or what or, or, or direct selling concept that you identify with, mm -hmm. you know, in those little areas, are you maintaining the right attitude, the right confidence, the right approach by keeping God first in all that you do? Because when we mm -hmm. do these things, we're promised that God will add all these other things, right, which is prosperity, mm -hmm. honor, favor. And so to me, the defining moment of favor as a believer in the marketplace is not just can you trust God, but can God trust you, right? He could trust Daniel, right? He could trust, he could trust Joshua, right? He could absolutely trust Joseph because there was a pattern in their lives. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't, we don't lose hope. It doesn't mean that we don't fail. It doesn't mean that we don't, you know, lose our way from time to time, but there has to be something so consistent about your life that as you're looking through the problems that we face in the world today, you know, you talked about we should be the loudest voices. I mean, the book of Isaiah, the second chapter actually says that it will happen, but the believers will be on the top of the mountain, influencing nations and people from all over the world will come to us upon the mountain to receive wisdom. That's come Isaiah on. 2, 2, and 3, right? So I do believe we're transferring there. You're seeing voices getting louder in Hollywood and entertainment about their relationship with God. You're seeing people that... Uh, and when I say, right, there's no one size fits all yeah. Christian, right? But 
believers from entertainment right on down to politics. I mean, there's people that, and I don't mean people that are being mean because they say they love God, right? Just calling everybody a sinner. But I mean, having the type of life where someone can look at and God can trust them with a position of influence. He can give them a megaphone because once again, right, even say social media. I mean, if you're out there praying for God to give you a hundred thousand followers, but you're not utilizing the platform or stewarding the platform well would say, you know, 800 followers. I mean, why the Lord would God favor you that way? And so the favor of God accelerates things. And last but not least, for those of us that desire to have uncommon favor, right? For those of us that desire to see God's supernatural hand, the tender hand of Jehovah leading us, we also have to be well prepared for those moments because anytime favor shows up, bigger devils show up, bigger trials show up. So it's like you can't just pray, Lord, make me the top income earner of my company, mm-hmm. right? And you're already not doing the little things that it takes to get there. You can't skip the process. That's the problem with so many mm-hmm. kingdom entrepreneurs is we want to mm. be translated from thousands to millions, but, but we just want to be translated, right? But we don't want to be transformed Ooh. because transformation requires process. And the process is where the pruning and the crushing and the fire Ooh. and the desert and the wilderness, those are the areas that start building your character and creating the types of skills that God can say, you know what? I can trust James. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead. When people are praying tonight, I'm going to download James's, uh, you know, social media page and his website into the ears of four leaders around the world that are praying for a company because I know he'll serve them at the highest of level and he'll represent and never forget that I'm the one that helped him get here. When we can, when we can create that type of pattern of behavior in our life, mm. I think that's when God speeds things up and all of a sudden you see the winds of God shifting things on our behalf. I'm literally getting teary-eyed, Kevin. Because I think one of the biggest things that all of us in entrepreneurship face, and especially in network marketing, is uh, persistence and faith and waiting and when's it going to come, these types of things. But when I hear you say that, I can just imagine God saying, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Are you willing to keep on going even when it doesn't seem like things are happening? I'm working together something. He's doing something abundantly, exceedingly above anything we can even fathom. And I hope, Kingdom Builder, you're getting these downloads right now. I hope this encourages you. I hope this changes your standard of how to take a look at things. I hope this enthralls you and gets you excited about the opportunities that are coming because we do have a great opportunity, but we also have a great responsibility. And Kevin, what I'm hearing from you today is we got to be obedient Mm -hmm. to the call that's right in front of us. We got to understand our identity in Christ and as a kingdom entrepreneur. You have to understand that right now we have to steward wisely because if we do this correctly, the prophecy in Isaiah 2 will come true right now. And how much more of an opportunity can we have than ever before? But Kevin, this has been fantastic. By the way, absolutely. Um, I'm going to be listening to this on replay. Guys, if you haven't shared this yet or subscribed, by the way, please do so. Share this with your teammates. Share this with anybody that is in MLM that is a kingdom entrepreneur or loves God. They need to hear this message. And if you're not following Kevin, by the way, go on his website, grab his books, uh, go on his Instagram. You constantly are just faithful with the word that has been given to you. And Kevin, I just so appreciate your example, your leadership and service to all of us. It's just so crucial, a voice in a time like this. I'm humbled. Thank you, brother. You're welcome. But as we close out, um, do you have any last message for 
the kingdom entrepreneur now, whether in MLM yeah. or there's business whole, yeah. You know, um, this is specific to MLM, right? I, I think one of my closing thoughts would be, I, I think too many people in network marketing look at network marketing, right, as just some little deal, right, to make a few dollars, right? And I'm okay with the people that don't want to make any money. They just want the product, um, you know, or people that are just moving along, you know, at whatever pace that they feel is best for them. But I think one of the biggest misconceptions is is that low-level thinking that it's just, you know, some little extra thing to do, right? Because when you have a real calling to upgrade lives, when you feel in your heart of hearts, you know, um, you know, the, the, the book of Proverbs says that wise people are builders. And it says they build families, they build communities, and they build businesses. Mm. And then it goes on to talk about that, uh, that th through their skilled leadership, their enterprises, right, through their intelligence and actually uh, in intelligence and intellect, their insight, their businesses are established and they endure. And so I believe we're all called to business. You know, the, the, I want to encourage the person that even if you're full time at what you do, I'm not saying everybody's going to be a seven figure, uh, you know, network marketer. That's not what I'm saying. But there are to be some desire in your life to create a stream of revenue on a part time basis that matches your full time income to at least create valuable or viable options. Yeah. Um, because people ask me all the time, Kevin, you know, what, what, what should I be doing? Right. I feel like the Lord's coming mm -hmm. back soon, which my mom thought that in 1966, right. She already thought that <laughs> in 66, my mama thought the world was so evil. God couldn't even sleep at night. Right. So, and then if you, and if you were in the Pentecostal ranks, the charismatic ranks, like back in 1988, which had been like my junior year, there was a book called 88 reasons why God's coming back in 1988. Oh, you know, nothing man. wrong with the book, right? But people are constantly just thinking, man, tomorrow the world's going to end. And even mm. if it did, the book of Luke says that you should occupy till I come. So when people say, Kevin, what should I be doing? Mm. What should I be doing? Go get another job, another degree. Sure, you should do all those things. But I can tell you one thing that definitely is not up for uh, options, not up for conversation. It's a kingdom mandate. You should occupy till I come. The word occupy means that you should conduct business until I return. More contemporary translations of that scripture that you should occupy till I come, which means to conduct business till I come. More contemporary translations will say engage in business till I come, invest money until I come, um, uh, earn money until I come. In other words, the overwhelming response of God there in that, and that's the parable, by the way, of the 10 minas, is that you mm -hmm. should occupy, meaning you should be occupying space in some framework of business because it gives you the additional cash flow. It gives you uh, the ability to be more creative. It gives you the ability to create freedom. It eventually gives you the ability to earn the trust of a network of customers that now you have a relationship with to share the kingdom of God, to advance the kingdom of God. And so I want to be just people to be mindful that no matter what you do in life, there should be something about you that's at least outside of your arena saying what what else do i love is there something else i could participate in that would help me create leverage that would help me create an income stream that's working when i'm not working some sort of passive income that's especially as the economy continues to worsen right just mm. additional cash flow because the world's looking for something and you might have the solution to whatever that need or problem is 
And then this is where a beautiful moment in time comes in because you're now mm. hanging around different people, right? You start hanging around more eagles. You start hanging around more lines. You start hanging around people like you, James, that has a different appetite and your vocabulary begins to change. Your vision gets bigger. You start dreaming bigger. Mm. And all of a sudden what you realize is that you probably have been negotiating away your super abundant future for a life of what you would call contentment or mm. complacency simply because there was nothing in you to yet activate that prosperity divine nature of God for you to think so far outside of the realm of possibility that you know in your heart of hearts you're called to greatness. You know you're called to do more. You know that you could make a bigger impact. And when we settle for that 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 least of that path of least resistance, right? When we settle for that easy road, there's a reason why everybody's there, right? Then the outcome is frustration. But when we get outside of our comfort zone and we embrace a new opportunity that could potentially grow us an economy that is self-sustainable, that's global, that's not affected by economic disaster, I think that repositions our life, our voice, our convictions to really go out there and live life on our terms. You know, I once had a school teacher one time, James, she said, well, Kevin, I love teaching. I just love it. I, I would never do network marketing. I don't need any more money. You know, I make forty-seven, dollars 50000 a year. I live beneath my needs. And she's not wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. I said, yeah, man, that's, that's awesome. I said, I'd never want you to stop teaching. We need great teachers. Mm. I said, but what? What if you come alongside me in this journey and maybe it took a year, maybe two years, maybe three years. And what if we got you to, you know, 70 or 80 or $100,000 a year in residual income? Mm. You know? I said, what if then, instead of teaching maybe down here at the public school for 50 grand a year, what if there was a little Christian school down the road that can only give you $12,000 a year because they don't have the finances in place to really pay you what you're worth, but because you've got an extra 100 grand in residual income, what if the money was no longer an issue and teaching was not financially part of your decision, but was just a part of your calling? Mm. because if it's part of your calling, you would also technically do it for free, right? Sure. I said, but what if you created an additional stream of revenue where now you had the option to teach wherever you wanted to teach? I don't care if it was here, India, Africa, Latin America. I don't care if it was in a, if it was for homeschoolers, right? If you could still mm. passionately teach, but didn't have to worry about whether they could pay you, would that create a new set of circumstances or options for you? And you could tell she, her mind was blown because she had never thought of it in those terms. So I always say my job is not to convince people to stop doing what they're doing. I know people every day that are skilled at what they do and they're making a difference. There should, there should be employees. I don't have anything against people being employees. You should be one. But we all have time for Netflix and everything else. Just create some time to grow a stream of revenue that whether it took two years, five years or 20 years, if at some point your team grew big enough to replace your income, it would give you some incredible options. Amen to that. Thank you, Kevin. Brother. Absolutely. Kingdom Builder, share this, subscribe, follow Kevin on all of his platforms. You'll be far blessed, you and your team. Thank you once again for your service. And Kevin, do you mind uh, ending us with prayer? Yep, let's do it. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to share your word, Lord. We ask that the ears that listen to this word, Lord, that something will prophetically activate the entrepreneurial DNA within them that you deposited in their life. Lord, you told us to occupy till you come. You gave us a mandate, Lord, that we're to express your kingdom culture in the earthly realm. I just pray, Lord, that you will 
take these network marketing leaders that already have Lord teams that are extending uh, the, this, this, this walk of financial freedom and character and integrity, Lord, that you would give them a larger platform, larger teams, that you would reignite the fire that burns in their team, Lord, that the companies that we're partnered with, Lord, will have the people making decisions, Lord, that honor you in their prayers, that put you first in their businesses, Lord, that have sustainable strategies, that moving forward, we'd never have to worry about, Lord, whether or not our legacy income would ever go away. And so we ask you to cover us. We ask you to, to guide our footsteps, our decisions, that you would continue to allow us to collaborate together, Lord God, that we can be one voice and one mind and one accord, sharing this gospel truth across this world in the framework of business. As Billy Graham said, Lord, he believed that the next great revival would be in the workplace. Yes. May this call go out, Lord, to every kingdom entrepreneur, that you would create a level of confidence, a level of resilience, Lord, a true passionate fire within them to go out and build the biggest team possible, not just for the financial outcome, but to go make an impact globally around the world, Lord, by setting the hearts of people on fire with kingdom truths. And we do that, Lord, through this network marketing business, and we honor you collectively as a body in what we do. And we ask you to bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Kingdom Builder. It was an honor. Absolutely. We'll see you on the next time.